Wherever you are right now, I want you to raise your hand if you set goals for your marriage. I don't care if you're in your car, if you're with your spouse, you're by yourself, you're on the treadmill. Raise your hand if you set goals in your marriage. Put it up high. My hand is not up. (gasps) My hand is not raised. (laughs) And in preparation for this, I was convicted a bit. Um, Now, that's not to say that we are not intentional about maintaining the health of our marriage. Mm. Like, that's important to us. But when I think of setting goals, so as I do, I went to Google and and I looked up goal setting. And honestly, there are so many things, things like uh, three types, five R's, three W's, <laughs> six F's, seven C's. I mean, you name it, Forget it's out there. It. Um, and so that's what I think of. I think of a list on a really pretty piece of paper that has checkboxes. And um, we don't have that. So we're going to talk about that today. And I think I'm going to finish this podcast challenged to have a conversation with you about maybe setting goals in our marriage oh no we got listening it's getting real (laughs) tune in what started as a question god you created marriage can you make it work soon became a statement god you created marriage you can make it work thank you for joining us on the christian family life podcast where we get into the good the bad and the ugly in our marriage relationships and mind God's word to see what it has to say about it. Welcome back to Christian Family Life Podcast. Uh, Roland and Tammy here. Hey, hey, hey. And Gio and Suze. Hi. Hello. And we are gonna we're going to keep talking about setting goals for marriage and what what that looks like. And Susie, um, full disclosure, has <laughs> you know admitted that she did not. <laughs> Set, not set marriage hand. goals well, as I will. Yeah, I, well, I don't have my hand up I, either. No, no. What I thought was we would hand her this like large notebook, mm. three ring binder of the list that we've created in our last twenty nine years of marriage. It's Goal, my happy goals space. that we, <laughs> that would be my happy space. Not, not really. We we don't have that. No, we do not. Mm. I do remember uh, writing a paper in college, and it was my senior year, and it was goals for five years and goals for 10 years, and I struggled. I'm not a goal person. I'm just mm. like more of a go with the flow, whatever. The, and, my, and, my, and when I wrote this paper, it was like, whatever the Lord has, I don't know. I don't even know if I'm going to, if I get married, I would love to be married in five years, but I don't know if I'm going to be married. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to have kids. And, you know, and God said, no, I have some you goals are. for you. Yeah. Yeah. Tammy, you should have set the goals because look who you ended up with. I know. I know. <laughs> no, <okay. laughs> So glad the bar was set really. Yeah, really no, I I want to marry somebody tall, dark, and handsome, and there I have it. <laughs> Two out of three, he's not bad. You got the dark. Mm. He's taller than me. <laughs> but I think uh, I was going to say. Good. I was just going to say that uh, part of what you said speaks to diversity, and there's different dynamics in the married couples that we're speaking to. Maybe you're sitting here going, oh my goodness, uh, I'm so driven and so goal oriented that I can't wait to share this podcast with my spouse (laughs) Um, because maybe they need to be more goal oriented (laughs) or driven. Uh, Maybe both of you are, maybe both of you aren't. I mean, I'm sure that there's uh, all kinds of people that the Lord puts together. And so this conversation isn't about uh, you're not doing enough. 
because that's a lot of times a takeaway from things that we listen to or things that we read is you you need to do more. You need to do more in order to change your financial status. You need to do more mm-hmm. in order to be physically healthier. You need to do more in order to climb the corporate ladder. You need to do more as it relates to raising your kids. And it can feel like it's just never enough, but it doesn't mean that we throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak. And in this, uh, in this world that just seems to throw all kinds of things at us, it's still important to, it's important to set goals. It's important to be intentional. It's important to pray about what does God want you to accomplish? I think about the scripture in Philippians that says, forgetting those things which are behind Mm -hmm. and pressing forward towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So even scripturally, there are many other verses that support this, this idea of considering what does God have for my life? And then what goals am I going to put in place so that I can attain those? Mm. Yeah. Cause I think that you, you're speaking, we're speaking to a, a, an audience that I think is represented at this table where some of us are, are goal oriented. Like we are going to make the list. We are going to write these things down and we're going to push ourselves to achieve those things where some other people are like, Hey, I'm okay with talking about them, but if it doesn't happen, it's not the end of the world for me. Mm-hmm. We'll just regroup and we'll make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so there's, there's just a, there, there could be this. Who's who, G? <laughs> Who's who? Between me and you? Well, let, well, let people just send in their answers if they yeah. want on the comment section. At the end of the of podcast. who they think. But, but in reality, you know, we before, and we say this often, we talk a lot before we get on, on here to record these. But one of the things that really jumped off in our conversation earlier was be intentional about cultivating oneness. Like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, whatever goals we're setting or however we're going about it, is the end goal to create oneness versus I'm going to do my thing and you're going to do your thing or being mad at each other because a goal wasn't reached and mm-hmm. excuses why it weren't reached or, or whatever. But, but coming to a place where you're both coming to an understanding. And then we talked about mission statement. You know, have you, have we created a mission statement in your marriage and we looked it up, and this is what it says. This is the definition of a mission statement. A brief statement that outlines an organization's purpose, goals, and values. Mm. And so looking at that from a standpoint of your marriage, what is your purpose? And um, this is not a shameless plug. This is just a plug for Two Becoming One, the material that we use um, here at Christian Family Life. And the purpose of marriage is to reflect the image of God, to reproduce a godly heritage, and to reign in spiritual warfare. And that comes from scripture. Mm-hmm. And so if we're putting a mission statement together, is that the purpose? And then from that purpose, are we setting goals for our marriage, Will which will eventually, in my opinion, outline what is valuable to you, what mm-hmm. is important to you at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's where the health of a relationship comes from. I think a couple big takeaways are number one, consider the what you want to accomplish in your marriage. And you you mentioned it. There's oneness. God's very specific in his word. He has a very specific purpose to reflect his image, to be a mirror image of the Father, to multiply, to invest in other people through relationships in our marriage. Uh, and then to exercise 
<clears throat> the dominion and authority we have in our unity that we have as a couple. And if we're not careful, we can easily be distracted by the many other things that we want to accomplish on this earth and just allow our marriage to just coast. And so we hope that through this podcast today, you'll have a conversation. Mm -hmm. You'll think through, okay, our marriage is really important. I mean, outside of our relationship with the Lord, your marriage is next. And so what goals do you need to set? And then I think the second thing to consider is, okay, maybe your marriage is in complete chaos. And you're going, I don't know how we ever bring order out of this thing. And maybe you're just kind of in the middle. You're thinking, okay, our marriage is good. It could be better. And maybe we don't have goals, but we have a date night every now and then. And we know that we need to get out. And, you know, we, we do find ourselves knowing, okay, we haven't spent time together. So we need to spend some time together. And so you can be more intentional. Uh, but how do you begin to bring order to chaos? And, and I think that part of it just starts with, well, hopefully you'll have some takeaways from this podcast, but it's a little bit like, like a puzzle right? You, depending on your strategy, you start with the corners. If you're going to, if you're going to rehab a house, uh, you kind of pick an area and you say, okay, we're going to start here and work our way out. Uh, if you're going to crush debt financially, uh, what do they say? Right? Not knock out the smaller debt first. Snowball and method. Snowball that thing. <laughs> and so regardless of where you're at in your marriage, just begin to take steps towards identifying a goal and then watch that snowball into the benefits that you'll reap in your marriage that'll drive you. And then the ripple effect that that has, everything's mm -hmm. better. Mm -hmm. So I think I have a faulty um, view of goal setting because full transparency here. And I'm hoping that I'm not the only one that feels <laughs> this way. Hopefully some of you listening, otherwise I'm in trouble, but um, goal setting kind of scares me. Because if you don't reach the goal, mm -hmm. then there's that potential feeling of failure, mm. right? And I don't, I don't want to be a failure. Right. So it's easy to just kind of leave it out there in that nebulous, you know, I want to do good. I want to, you know, glorify God and I want my marriage to, glor you know, glorify the Lord. And I do. I think that's a faulty way of thinking. I don't know what happened to me in my childhood that makes me fearful of failure, but mm. I, I'm afraid of failure. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think there's a process of, of going through and maybe setting small, achievable goals mm. and then feeling that success or maybe not. And then being like, what's a big deal? Mm -hmm. What's a big deal? You didn't meet that goal. There's a, there's a mind shift there. I know that uh, a counselor that I had the privilege of interacting with uh, provided this, this particular thought process as it relates to when you set goals, whether you accomplish them or not. If, if the end result of the goal is success, then like you just said, when you don't reach those goals, it's failure. Mm. But if your target, and we're reminded here, goals are important because if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every you'll time. You'll hit it every time. <laughs> <laughs> you, you hit nothing. And so there's got to be a goal. And it's interesting how identity in Christ really weaves its way into every topic. And so because of my position in Christ, mm -hmm. if what I pursue is significance, as opposed to success, 
if the end game is significance, then whether I accomplish the goal or not, in 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 my attempt, in my prayer to prioritize certain things because of these goals that I've set, whether I attain them or not, I still have significance in Christ. And that was an interesting shift. And certainly it requires more conversation to work through. But but think mm-hmm. about that. Your pursuit in life is not success because think about how many people in the Bible that scripture points to as examples to us. Um, well, take the Hall of Faith. I mean, let's narrow it down to the book of Hebrews. And you look at the if you're looking at successes of those individuals, in a lot of cases, they were failures. But it was by faith they did this, like in Abraham, his faith was counted unto him for righteousness, despite many failures in his life and being the father of the Hebrew people. Um, that then led to the significance of something. Yeah, I think that it cripples us when we when we have a mindset of a goal is set for success. And if you don't reach it, then it's a failure. Um, it cripples people from even taking that first step, right? Mm-hmm. And, and to, to, to make the effort to move forward. Whereas if you do think of it through those lenses that you shared, Roland, where, okay, we're going to set some goals and maybe we didn't reach it. But if you look back, how much further along are you today versus mm-hmm. whenever you set that goal? Mm-hmm. So you are better off. You are growing in in that process, and so, and then sometimes we have to look at them and say, is it a realistic goal? Is it unrealistic? Is it you know, um, which that that's always going to change. And and we talked about, and Tammy, you brought this up when we were talking amongst ourselves before the podcast that even time changes stuff. Mm-hmm. Like when we first got married, we may have had certain goals. But then when certain faith principles started to come into our lives and we started to see certain things or kids came into the mix and Mm -hmm. it became real, like, man, this is not as easy as we thought it was going to be. God began to reveal certain things that maybe changed your goals a little bit or -hmm. how you viewed your marriage or where you were going and maybe even Mm -hmm. what your mission statement is as a husband and wife. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we, as again, we, we talk for quite a while before we, we uh, hit record on this podcast, but uh, I was sharing with um, the group what, what I knew was, um, it was like a shift for us. And it was when we were in youth ministry and, and, um, and we realized that, you know, parents are still the number one influence in their mm-hmm children's lives and their teenagers lives and you know however that is if it's a a good influence or a bad influence but but that you know it was a we saw these kids coming and the ones that had parents you know involved in their life were were doing pretty well but the ones that were just like hey we're just dropping off and Mm -hmm. (laughs) you fix them and Mm. um were were not doing so well and you know we 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 (laughs) Live long enough to know those those kids didn't really do well. They didn't stay um, in the faith, and so I think that like our shift for our our lives, even though we get married and we're in ministry, and we had sort of some ministry goals and um, um, and things that we wanted to accomplish and 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 things that we wanted to do. It there was kind of a little bit of a divide for us because. Um, because I think that early on, you're in your 20s and your early 30s, 
as a man, you're you have kind of career, and as for us, it was ministry. But for me, I was like, I'm a mom. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. These are my goals for my kids, and I just felt like you know that that needed to be my focus. And yet, you know, the Lord changed that for us. The Lord really just brought us to a place of we got to be unified and do this together. Mm. You know, and even before we knew the principles, you yeah. know, the Lord really just there were some milestones He set in our marriage of things that would change the trajectory of our family and our marriage and. And I think that, you know, I mean, just different trials we went through and different, you know, I mean, I hate to say it, but (laughs) suffering produces something Mm -hmm. very sweet and very special. And Mm -hmm. I think that we go through any kind of trials, we go through any kind of struggles, that something is, the Lord allows something to be born out of that. And so for us, it was, you know, let's change our focus and, and, you know, it doesn't, it's not all, and not everything is long term, you know, like. We knew for a time we were to homeschool our kids. We did mm-hmm. for four years. And then the Lord, you know, we, we shifted and, and the Lord opened the door for them to be in school. But <laughs> there's pivots along the there's way. There's a lot of pivots. But I think that we can look back and see that, wow, this if this wouldn't have happened, then this wouldn't have happened. And we wouldn't have had a mind shift. Mm-hmm. And, and spiritually speaking, like, mm-hmm. you know, what's the most important thing? Yeah. And I think it's important to, as a as a married couple, talk through these goals together. Um, I love to ask the question, I guess, because I also love to answer it. Uh, what are your dreams? But speaking to what Tammy said about early on in our marriage, I thought I was just the one to drive that. That I was going to so have the I. dreams. Yeah, right? <laughs> and so we, we really weren't, we were running parallel paths as opposed to really overlapping and being one. And so it was a matter of taking time to ask each other, what are your dreams? And then really listening, like not being disappointed if your dreams aren't the same. Mm-hmm. But say, well, what are your dreams? I really want to know. What, what are they? What are your dreams? Mm-hmm. And, and then looking at those dreams and saying, okay, so what's it going to look like to be one in pursuing these dreams and these passions that we have. And so that was really uh, an epiphany, so to speak, where things were really clear and it was about honoring one another and, and, and honoring the Lord and mm-hmm. what the Lord was revealing to each, each one of mm-hmm. us and then coming together to move towards those goals. I think there is, Gio, you refer to it a lot as God's economy. Like, mm-hmm. so Roland and asking your spouse and both of you asking one another that question, what are your dreams? Somehow God takes two unique individuals <laughs> and then within the bond of marriage, you still remain, you still maintain your unique identity, your personality, but somehow supernaturally you become one. Mm-hmm. And the dreams that you've had and the dreams that your spouse has had, the Lord just, I think, somehow <laughs> weaves them together mm-hmm. in this like beautiful tapestry. And so it isn't, Roland, you mentioned this, it isn't one living out the other their dream while the other one is a cheerleader necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Unless it's unless it's within your being to be a cheerleader, and it is for some people. Like that's mm-hmm. where they gain their energy. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like that sometimes as well. Like mm-hmm. empowering other people and encouraging other people. Like I, I draw a lot of energy from that. Mm-hmm. And so I just I just think it's really neat that mm-hmm. as important as it is to set those goals, to keep in mind that you don't 
God's not asking you to sacrifice what he's placed within you. He's Mm -hmm. asking you to give it to him and Mm -hmm. then watch him bring it together with your spouse in that pursuit of oneness and, Mm -hmm. you know, and cultivating unity. Mm -hmm. Ephesians 2, 10, right? We're his workmanship in Christ Jesus Mm -hmm. unto good works. Mm -hmm. And so it's not absent of the things that we do and goals that we set. That's good. Well, and if we're not careful, that's where Satan gets in the middle of that. And he starts to lie to you Mm -hmm. and he Mm -hmm. says, well, her dream is affecting your dream. Mm. And so you really just need to pursue your thing Mm -hmm. and, and then just (sighs) go after it. And, um, you know, and, and a lot of it is imposed by, by the culture that we live in because people are asking you, you know, how, Hey, how's it going? Oh, it's going great. And you immediately go to what you feel is successful in what you're doing. Right. (laughs) And, um, and so it's like this puffing up of yourself (laughs) and anything that gets in the way of causing that to not be puffed up Mm -hmm. is an issue. And Satan knows what he's doing, man. Mm -hmm. And he brings that back to the marriage and Mm -hmm. he's going to make you believe. And we use this a lot. My spouse is not my enemy, but she becomes, or he becomes the enemy because you're viewing them as the wedge that's keeping you from the goal that's right. of whatever it is over here that you set for yourself instead of, like you said, Tammy, earlier, pivoting and saying, okay, wait, wait a second. Mm-hmm. God's brought us together. And like you said, Suze, supernaturally is bringing us together. But that comes from the power of the Holy Spirit. That doesn't come from us willing ourselves to do this or because at the end of the day, it becomes prideful as well. Well, look how special I am. I've allowed my wife to be a part of the ministry that I'm doing now or the work that I'm doing or, or even worse, you're benefiting from the success I'm having because you get to live the life that you have and get right. everything you want. Not right. that you, Suze, or that. <laughs> we never had. <laughs> this is not true story. We didn't have the financial. Hypothetically speaking. Hypothetically, yeah. But, but, but anyways, it's, it's a constant pivot, which we're always going to say this. It's got to go back to a foundation. It's got to go mm-hmm. back to biblical principles. It's got to go back to why are we together? Mm-hmm. What is our purpose? What is, why, why are we functioning as husband and wife? And what is the Bible? And let's look for, to the Bible for that. And it's got to be that purpose. Man, what is my, pur- what is our purpose? And we've mm-hmm. got to live off of that. That has got to be the foundation that we build anything off of which is ultimately mm-hmm. to reflect the image of God. And That's so right. are we doing that in oneness? What are we doing to create goals that are pointing us to that together? And then who's going to benefit from that? Well, mm-hmm. first and foremost, we are as mm-hmm. husband and wife. Second of all, our kids are going to, because they're going to see that in the home and then they're going to be doing that in their life. And then thirdly, those that God allows us to have any kind of influence over sphere of influence to be able mm-hmm. to see the gospel message through our marriage and Satan hates it. Yeah. So he's going to get you to think differently. Like, mm-hmm. Roland, you like to say there's a winner and a loser. Like, people think that way mm-hmm. in a marriage. And it's not. We're all winners in this if we do it God's way. Mm-hmm. That's right. And if we're getting it right in marriage, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get it right outside of marriage. You know, I think yeah. about that question, what are your dreams? I think, I think those are fun conversations to have mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when you're working with a group of people. I mean, the four of us sitting around this table. You know, and then inviting other people to be part of the CFL team. Well, well, what are the dreams and what, what would we like to see 
this ministry do and its impact? And so I don't want to mm-hmm. you know, deviate away from our specific thing, but if if we're honoring each other like that in marriage, mm-hmm. then it finds its way into being able to to honor others. Yeah. And and so just if we have unity in our marriage, we'll see unity with our children. You will see unity in other relationships. Right. And if you're listening and you're thinking, well, you guys must have a lot in common and you guys have, mm. have had it easy and, you know, you don't know um, how hard it is for us to come together and be unified. And I'm just going to read to you something I read. Um, and it was a prayer of um, a woman. She wrote a book, What's It Like to Be Married to Me, Linda Dillo. But she says it is, it, she's after... Oh, it says she's praying, but she writes this prayer. It is our 46th anniversary, and my heart is filled with thankfulness to you. I woke up this morning wanting to write you, precious Lord, to thank you for your abundant wisdom. I'm so grateful. (laughs) I'm here. We're still here, guys. Sorry. For this husband, I know you, you brought get emotional to me. thinking about me. <laughs> I want the, her story really brings me emotion. <laughs> uh, I might I may or may not identify with this. You your this husband you brought to me, you knew you saw that even though we are we were so different that we would learn to complement and complete one another. I laugh when I think how the first year of our marriage, I said to Jody, which is her husband, you should have a you should have a wife more like you, an intellect, someone interested in deep theology. And I really believe that. And Jody was convinced I needed a husband who was more social, more structured, more of everything he wasn't. And wow, what a lie that, you know, mm. but to listen to a woman who's been married 46 years and as she writes that prayer, like that was, that was definitely something I identified with. Roland and I were f- so very different. Our goals were different. Our, <laughs> our, you know, daily, <laughs> daily goals were different. I remember one time Roland's trying to be helpful. He says, do you want me to write a list for you <laughs> of things to do? How is that not and helpful? I, like, I, I want to know still. <laughs> How is that, like I would how how helpful would that be? Yes, just tell me what to do. Tammy, how did you how did you react? Make it your goal to walk out the door, get in your car, and go away. But there's one thing on your goal list, Roland. Get out. I mean, and and then I would come home and I would ask a simple question. What what, what did you do, you do today? Oh man. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I, innocently, I would innocently ask and the that question. That was so innocent. <laughs> only the Lord, only the Lord kept us together. That's for sure. But honestly, the 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 differences. So, like, there are so many ways. And Geo, you brought up Satan. Satan is going to magnify those differences that you have and he's going to use it against you and he's going to convince you and these people by the way this this prayer they're they're missionaries they were in ministry full time and and they you know we're ambassadors like we say we are ambassadors mm-hmm. of the gospel and yet struggling and admitting that and so that you know just that honesty we can have that honesty Mm. that we have these feelings like you know maybe they'd be better off with somebody else and maybe i'd be better off with somebody else and what if i married the wrong guy but just remember that that there is (laughs) 
I've seen it happen, and I don't know who's listening, but this just came to mind. I know that I've seen it happen where women are convinced that they need a spiritual leader, and their husband is not a spiritual leader, and so they leave the marriage. Mm -hmm. And it is the biggest lie of the devil if you are believing that lie. And it's not that your, your spouse may not be spiritually attuned, and maybe they are not spending the time that you are and, and and you're looking at them and you're wanting them to perform for you and to be that spiritual leader for you. What what happens in marriage is you you God brings you together and you're unified and it is and that's what he his his desire is unity. But when you're just pointing fingers and saying if he was this and he was this and he was this, then then you're you're never going to look at yourself first of all. And and believe me, you're you're overlooking your own things because I was there. I felt that. I I remember I would I would fall into that where I would point out all of Roland's faults and and I would say, Lord, can you please change them? <laughs> can you make him a make him more like me? And I'm so glad he never answered that prayer because like, oh my goodness, <laughs> I'm so thankful now after 29, mm-hmm. we can say 29, <laughs> 29 years marriage that, that I, that he didn't, that he, that he didn't change him. And, um, and what's beautiful is when you move from performance. But in some ways he did, thank yes. God. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. Absolutely. Absolutely. When you move from performance to faith, faith, faith drives the conversations that you have. Faith drives how you interact with one of one another in performance mode you want to change your spouse when you pursue your spouse by faith because of who god is to you the lord begins to change you because you're the one you realize wow i'm the one that needs to change and part of part of the change that the lord brings in your life is realizing that i can be used of god through the power of the holy spirit to bring out the best in my spouse in performance mode, what you're going to find is in your attempt to try to change each other, you end up bringing out the worst. Mm. Don Meredith would use this term of how he and Sally would spark, mm. and, and it wasn't positive. Like, it was this negative sparking <laughs> when they would come together. And, and, and that's what brought about the question. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. God, you created marriage. Can you make it work? Because right now it doesn't seem like it. And so here we are 50 plus years later relating to that mm-hmm. because in performance mode, we bring out the worst and where by faith, God uses us to, to bring out the best in our spouse. And when that begins to happen, we can let our guard down and then we can say to each other, you know what? The Lord's exposing this in my life that I, I know needs to change. And, and, and I'm inviting you to speak into it, speak into this particular area of my life because I, I want the Holy spirit to change me. And so you're coming together just completely vulnerable <laughs> and mm. transparent with the other one. And then the other person's honoring that, uh, be, because they're realizing, Oh, wow, the Lord's impressing things on me. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so now you're having a conversation that normally would have been World War Three uh, as it relates to conflict in your marriage. And it's actually creating intimacy and closeness with mm-hmm. one another. Yeah. So mm-hmm. as we close our time thinking through this conversation, you know, I think that maybe somebody is listening and saying, 
Well, you didn't give me a, the list of 10 <laughs> things to do. Like, what What are the set 10 goals to set as a couple? And, and that was intentional. We don't want to give you a list. What we want you to do is make it a goal to cultivate oneness with your spouse. Mm-hmm. And, um, and through that, understanding your purpose as a husband and wife and what scriptures have to say about that. And then let that be what spurs on. Yep what you're going to do together mm-hmm. as a husband and wife mm-hmm. you know you're going to pray together make that a goal you're going to make a budget you're going to fill in the things that are, are are part of goal setting um but but the root of it is cultivating oneness and that requires the power of the holy spirit to expose the things that that you're sharing uh roland and tammy in us so that we can sit at the table with an honest heart mm-hmm. and really listen to our spouse's dreams Mm-hmm. And Sweet. and really put down our pride and say, okay, this is about us reflecting the image of God. So at the end of the day, it's not really even about us. It's about God. Mm-hmm. But he's using us as that vessel. We know we're going to have the evil one attacking that. So how do we cultivate oneness in the midst of that attack? Mm-hmm. Here are some goals. And then you set them together as a husband and wife as to how that's going to fit uh, your relationship. And so... Thank you guys for listening in. Um, this was uh, this was a lot of fun. I think for us, it was it helped us. Sure, <laughs> I think Susie's bringing her list next week. My list, my and, list. I, and I will say, Susie, it is it is true. With with setting goals, it is scary, you know. And mm-hmm. I think that that's why I, I didn't. And Roland never understood that, you know. <laughs> why don't you set goals for yourself? And I just was like, because. You know, I guess I didn't know how to articulate it. So thank you, Susie. But it is scary. But I think it's a double-edged sword because I think on the other side, a goal could be weaponized. Like, hey, you said said this, it's on the list, and you did not check it off. (laughs) Maybe that's why Susie doesn't set goals. That's why I don't set goals. I'm Susie. going today and I'm getting different colored pens for everybody. We all get different colored pens. We need stickies and we need highlighters and washi tape. If you have not lived until you have sat in front of Susie with her calendar, her planner, and it is a beautiful sight to behold. Oh, it's every color and certain colors. Let me tell you. It's scrapbooking. I don't know how you would. Yeah, she is. I come downstairs every day in a military salute. <laughs> Honey, what's my list? And what are no, I'm kidding. <laughs> we better end She's this baby a, right here. Yeah, this, uh, we gonna, are done. I'll show you a list. <laughs> Thank you for listening in. We have a good time and hope you are too. We'll catch yeah. you at the next one. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Christian Family Life Podcast. Be sure to subscribe. To learn more about the ministry, visit our website, ChristianFamilyLife.com. There, you can subscribe to our newsletter and find all of our social media links where we offer resources to help strengthen your marriage. Until next time, remember, God created marriage. He can make it work.